Good morning, church. My name is Emery, and I serve on the music team here at Reality. We're continuing our sermon series on the life of Joshua, and our scripture reading this morning is from Numbers chapter 27, verse 12 through 23. These words will appear on your screens. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain in the Abram range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you've seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zen, both of you disobeyed my commands to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the desert of Zen. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out, and at his command they will come in. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid his hand on him and commissioned him, as the Lord had instructed through Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Happy fall. It is here, a beautiful time of the year. And there's so much going on in our church this month. I just really want to encourage you to get involved um, either physically or virtually. We, we've done baptisms. We're going to do more baptism. Hopefully, we're going to have some more opportunities to meet and worship in person. Um, and also, like Thursday mornings, we're doing prayer. And there's so many things going on in our world that we don't get the chance to talk about. And so, in prayer, we're praying from the presidential election to injustices to what's going on in our lives and our vocation. So I just, again, there's so many opportunities to get involved, even in this limited space because of this pandemic. Um, we want everyone to be plugged in to community and be known and, and just join God in what he's doing in this season. Amen. And so uh, we're going to continue our series on the book of Joshua. And I hope that it's been blessing you. I hope that it's been encouraging you and you're able to find and place yourself within the story that God um, is weaving even right now as we speak. And right now we've seen the children, uh, the people of God escape from Egypt through the Red Sea, um, experience the victory of God over enemies and watch God provide and just watch God weave in Joshua all throughout this story. And the people of God, the children of God, they're coming to an end of a season. They've spent nearly 40 years in what is called the wilderness. They're so close to the promise of God, um, but the season is not, is not there yet. It's not their season yet, but it's close. And it's on the cusp and God um, is instructing Moses on how to enter into the season. And so he calls Moses on top of Mount Nebo and he says, meet him 
on this mountain. And on the mountain, God is speaking to him and God is giving him a view, a vantage point to see the promised land from across the way. And he can see all the land that God plans to give the people of God. And in one way, you can go, this is, this is kind of messed up. Why would God um, allow Moses, who has gone this far to see this, but not let him enter? And I think Moses could either be honored or, or offended, offended that he's come this close, that he took the people of God this close, and he's got to see, and God's given him a teaser, but he's not able to enter. And, and there's a dialogue that happens between Moses and God, and Moses is like, I so long to enter this place that you're showing me. And God reminds him why he's not going to enter because Moses lost his temper. He became so angry with the people of God that it compromised his leadership. And God said, this is far enough. And Moses, if you remember the story, um, they were in the desert and thirsting and needing something to drink. And God tells Moses to speak to the rock and water will feed the, co the congregation. And Moses is so angry and he calls them rebels and out of anger he strikes the rock and God says, you will no longer enter the promised land. And in a sense, Moses is fed up with leading the people. His patience with them has waned and um, this is as far as he's going to be able to take them. And I believe though Moses is extremely disappointed that he's not going to be able to enter into the promised land, that he's honored that God allows him to see what he's going to do with the people of God. That he's going to get, he's getting a glimpse of the goodness that God has in store for them. Read in verses 15 and 16. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And I think for most of us who have children or nieces or nephews or mentees or those of us who've started organizations or been at the, the grassroots of starting something, that even though we experience seasons of frustrations, we care deeply about the success of the person, of the mentee, of the organization that we've started. And there's a part of us that wants to get a glimpse into the future to know that everything's going to be okay. And this is Moses' heart. This is his prayer. This is the heart of a shepherd that's coming out right now. He's saying that he doesn't want to see the people of God be sheep without a shepherd. And so his prayer, his request from God, is that God will give them a leader that will shepherd them, since it's not going to be him, that will shepherd them into this next season. Someone who will not give up on them. Someone who will treat them fairly. Someone who will be gentle, who will not be harsh, who will not beat them down. Someone who will lead them into greatness. And here's what I want you to grasp. God wants that as well. I want you to think about your future. 
I want you to think about the things in the future that you're worried about, that you're concerned about. And I want you to know whatever you want for them, that God wants even better and he wants it even more deeply. And not only does God want this for the people of God to be shepherded and be led into greatness, that he's already begun the plan. That he's already, he's already been at work. He's already put the plan into motion regardless of our shortcomings and regardless of the circumstances that we see around us. That he's already created a plan that's going to far exceed our limitations and our spans to further his kingdom and to declare his greatness. God is showing Moses. Read verse 18. It says, So, The Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership and lay your hand on him. God is saying the successor is already there. He's already right under you. He's already here. I've already been developing him. You've already been developing him. He's already a part of this story. And Even more than the skill that he has, Joshua has the right heart within him. Listen, there's no one like Moses in the history of Israel up to this point. And what made Moses great is that the spirit of God that was within Moses. And that same spirit that was within Moses, God is saying, is within Joshua. That spirit is within Joshua, and that spirit is working on him to lead in this season. Look at 2 Chronicles 16, 9. It says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for people whose hearts are open to receive his spirit, to be led by his direction. And so leaders don't come out of nowhere. They've been people who've been following, who've been obedient, and who know how to follow and be led. And this is what God is saying, who Joshua is, who he's been. And now he is ready to be led and lead the people of God. He says that he has a spirit of leadership. Joshua said yes to stepping in to battle. He said yes to following Moses and sitting by the mountaintop while Moses is communing with God. He said yes to the possibility of entering the promised land, though there was full of unknowns. And listen, as far as we know, Joshua has never been promised a leadership position. He's never, as far as we know, he's never asked for it. As far as we know, he's never even wanted it. But what we do know is that Joshua has been faithful. He's been faithful to God. He's been faithful to Moses. And he's been faithful to the mission. He's wanted more than anything to participate in seeing the people of God move into the promised land. Here's what Henry Blackaby says about spiritual leadership. He said the spiritual leader's task is to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. See, God says Joshua is the right person for the job. And he tells Moses, 
Partner with what I'm doing. Lay your hands on him and let the whole community know that Joshua is going to lead this community going forward. And so he says, lay his hands on Joshua. And this is not, not fight, don't be aggressive. No, he's saying like, lay your hands on him as a symbolic transference of spiritual authority and civic authority onto Joshua. And this this story is told in Numbers and Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy 3.28, it says this. It says, But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. Moses calls Joshua up along with the priest. They go before the whole congregation, and he says to them, listen to Joshua. He brings it forward and says, this is who God is saying is going to lead. Listen to him. Follow him. And I, what I want you to, what we all got to grasp right here is that this is a big shift. This is a big shift from Moses to Joshua. The future that the people envisioned was the person who led them from Egypt would lead them into the promised land. That the future that they saw was with Moses at the helm. And I wonder if the question that they had to ask themselves eternally is, could Joshua do it? Could Joshua be like Moses? And Joshua is probably having a similar internal struggle He's probably asking the question, can I do this? I've been drafting off the leadership of Moses for all these years, and I've never had to shoulder the leadership responsibility on my own like he has. Will people follow my leadership? Will God show up for me like he did for Moses? And here's the temptation for Joshua that the underlining question is, can I be like Moses? And God, through Moses, telling Joshua that his calling is to be Joshua. His calling is not to be Moses. His calling is to be Joshua. And listen, I understand this. I'm sure many of you understand that it's hard not to compare ourselves to other people. It's hard not to live in the shadows of other people, of our predecessors, of our parents, of those of our coworkers. And it's hard not to live under the pressure of other people's expectations. Who are they expecting me to be? And God is saying, I'm expecting you to be Joshua. I want you to fill your name in. That God is calling you and who he's made you to be to lead out. This is why God tells Moses to do these three things. To commission, to encourage, and to strengthen. He says commission Joshua. The ESV says charge Joshua. Appoint, command, order him. Like like, give your authority to him publicly. Say to him, it's your turn, Joshua. This is your time. This is your season. My time is done, and now it's your time. I'm giving you my staff. 
You lead. Commissioning him. This is your time to go. He says, and also encourage him. That means to inspire him with courage. Fill him with courage. Fill him with courage to step into what he's called to do and who he's called to be. He may have reminded Joshua all that God has done in the people of God. He may have reminded Joshua of all the victories that God has done, even through Joshua. And I'm sure Moses, as he's, as he's encouraging him, as he's speaking courage to him, that he's telling Joshua, he's speaking against his fears, against his perceived inadequacies, and his anxiety. And he's saying, no, this is not the time to fear. This is not the time to worry about who you're not. I want you to know who God's called you to be and who you are and to speak that courage into his soul. And then he says, I want you to, to strengthen Joshua, that he would be stout, that he would be bold, that he would be determined. That, we, that he's reminding Joshua that he has a mission to stick to it. Don't lose sight of it. God's called him to lead these people into the next season, to anchor his heart into the promises, into the character of who God is, and to strengthen and to build himself up upon that. God's given Joshua a task. And he's not to replace Moses. He's succeeding him. That God's calling him to take this mission into a new place. God is calling on the uniqueness of Joshua's leadership, experience, and heart for this moment in history. See, because right now, what the people need is Joshua. God is not calling Moses right now. And they ultimately need to shift their focus back to being the people of God, who are all being commissioned. Joshua is not just being commissioned. The people of God are now being commissioned to be the people of God, and they're being encouraged, and they're being strengthened by God in this moment. This is a new chapter in the history of the people of God. This is what they will call a kairos moment. This is not a chronological moment. This is a new time and a new way in which God is moving and working in the people. And Moses was called to lead them to this point. And now God is going to continue his faithfulness with a new leader, with a new group of people who will need courage and faith to move into this next season. I wonder what that means for us right here, right now. We are clearly in a new time, in a new moment. We're worshiping from our rooms. We have so much going on in our world. There's a shift. There's something going on. And I wonder if there's a moment for us to instill courage and strength and faith into what God wants to do with us in this time. And then there's, there's a similar story and shift in the New Testament. In Matthew 17, it tells a story of Jesus, and it says this, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, 
and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. God speaks to them on the mountain from the heavens. And he says about Jesus to the disciples, listen to them, to him. In the presence of Moses and the light, he said, listen to him. So this is a paradigm shift. They were following Moses and the teachings of the religious leaders. And God says, from now on, I want you to listen to Jesus. There's a shift in what's going to happen from this point forward. Jesus is our leader. He's our pastor. And he's calling us to continue the work that he started. And Jesus commissions us as Moses was commissioning Joshua to go into the world filled with the Spirit, to fill the earth with heaven, to heal, to set free, to do justice, to love, to forgive. And there's going to be a lot of unknowns. There's going to be a lot of opposition. And our commissioning has to be followed with courage. As Joshua is commissioned, he is challenged to be courageous. Jesus is commissioning us and he's saying, taps us on the shoulder, get up, don't be afraid. I'm with you. We are commissioned because we are the church. That means we are the sent ones. We are called, we meet with Jesus and he sends us out. He sends us out into all the world. Moses seems irreplaceable. The ministry of Jesus seems impossible through someone like us, but God is for us and he's in us. Deuteronomy 34.9, last passage says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Listen, Jesus has given us a ministry. He has given us a mission and he's laid his hands on us by giving us his 
Spirit, the same Spirit that He did ministry with when He walked this earth, the same Spirit that exerted and they lifted His body out of the grave, that same Spirit is within us and He is commissioning us and through His Word and the Spirit, He's encouraging us, filling us with courage and strength and boldness to go boldly to proclaim the kingdom of God right here and right now in the face of all the negative news and press and pandemics. And he's saying, go out and be light, be courageous and go into the world because I have sent you. And so church, our call today is to back up our commissioning with courage and go into our world and proclaim the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we are here. We are your children. And we just say yes. In the face of fear and unknown, we say yes to what the Spirit is doing and what the Spirit is saying to your church. And God, fill us with courage and power and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.